Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Student. Welcome to the Academy of Chiropractic Doctors PI Program Consultations. I am very excited that you took the time to do this and make the commitment to your career, to your family, to yourself, just to be the best of the best through clinical excellence. Sit back and enjoy the consultations. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Student, and today we're going to discuss the utilization of x-rays. <clears throat> there has been a lot of controversy, actually, in our profession, as well as, um, well, actually not controversy in internal medicine, but in our profession, uh, the American Chiropractic Association, who, by the way, I think does incredible work, they're highly regarded, um, and this is nothing against the organization, but it is a, a comment and a criticism against some of those in power in that organization currently. And that is, is they've adopted the policy of the American Board of Internal Medicine regarding the utilization of x-rays. Now, understandably, that um, internal medicine providers who don't deal with mechanical issues at any level are really only concerned about anatomical lesions, fracture, tumor, or an infection. And that's it. Uh, that's what they're focused on. And if we adopt that policy, then as a profession, we forego over 100 years of being able to look at spinal biomechanics, spinal biomechanical engineering. We, we forego looking for listings. We forego looking at anomalies. So if, in fact, um, your x-rays that you're taking or ordering, if you're only doing it to screen for pathology, I am in 100% agreement with the ACA and the American Board of Internal Medicine. There is absolutely no reason to take x-rays in absence of red flags looking for a pathology. However, when I went to school, which is almost 40 years ago, and I currently teach in, in chiropractic academia, and I teach a medical academia at the graduate level, um, what about listings? What about spinous left and spinous right? What about anominates, pelvis... PI and AS. That's spinal biomechanics. How are you supposed to know what's going on? Are you guessing? Are you only treating the problem area or the pain area? What if that pain area is compensation? How do you know? You don't. You're guessing. Are we physical therapists? We're going to rub out the painful part? What about the neurobiomechanical lesion? Uh, those were called and have been called spinal subluxations. Now, the literature, um, you know, is, is, is there is literature on everything, um, and a lot of the opponents of subluxation say, well, the word doesn't exist, it's not real. You know what, let's call it a neurobiomechanical lesion. Well, that's real. Uh, Panjabi and White, actually, Dr. Panjabi specifically, talked about the uh, neurobiomechanical lesions at length. Um, let's not get hung up on the words, who cares? Who cares? In this issue, it doesn't matter. But what does matter is, is what are you adjusting? What are you treating? Now, I know personally that I use x-ray uh, to determine my treatment plan. It's telling me where I need to adjust, when I need to adjust. Um, I'm going to look to say, hey, is this the primary lesion or is this compensation? What am I adjusting? And there are computer algorithms that can help determine that. So if in fact you're just going to treat pain, what makes this any different you know, than the physical therapist? The answer is nothing. We then become technicians and not doctors. A physical therapist is not a primary care provider. 
even though in many states they have direct access, which I personally think is a huge mistake and a public risk. But are we headed there? Now, the literature is also very clear in dealing with radiologists and researchers from Harvard and Yale, which says diagnostic spinal x-rays in the history of the literature has never shown any ill effect. There's not enough radiation. And if you take the research all the way back to its origination, you will find the radiation research goes back to Hiroshima and say, yes, radiation causes all of these issues, but look at the amount of radiation that's being put out. So diagnostic x-rays, flat, blade, flat plates, um, the literature is clear. So if you want an evidence-based recommendation on diagnostics and looking at x-ray, you need to go back to the literature and you will find that there is no literature whatsoever discussing x-rays being harmful uh, for the amount of dosage that we're given. Now, x-ray itself can be harmful and, 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 and get, look at a CAT scan. Look at all of these things that we do. A CAT scan's got the equivalent of, you know, 40, 50, 60 x-rays. You know, people aren't getting issues from that. It's, it's about how often. And I don't want to really make this about the, the x-ray, the perils of x-ray. But I do want to say, does your diagnostics, and here's the key, if it changes your diagnosis, your prognosis, or your treatment plan, you utilize x-ray. And for over 100 years, x-ray has been taught as a tool in our chiropractic schools. I utilize it. People that I work with utilize it. Now, we happen to find many times concurrent pathology. And I get emails from people all around the country as recently as yesterday who've read articles that I've written in some of the journals on this issue say, oh, I found an anomalous um, this, and I found tumor that, and I found, it goes on and on and on every single day. So the other issue is, uh, when we look at who we are mimicking uh, from the American Chiropractic Association, it's the American Board of Internal Medicine doctors, internal medicine, primary care doctors. According to Humphreys in 2007, in a basic competency of examination, evaluating various professions on the forefront of, uh, of treating musculoskeletal conditions. So here's the deal. Passing grades attained by recent medical graduates um, are 22% in medical graduates um, in primary care. 20.7%, and this is med uh, graduates, uh, medical students and residents were 20%, okay? Osteopathic students with 33%. Uh, people who have a master's level in physical, th physical therapy students, by the way, had a 21%, okay? And doctors of physical therapy at 26%. Compared to a chiropractic student who had a musculoskeletal mastery of 64.7%. Now, I think 64.7 is low, but it's more than double uh, virtually every other profession out there. So this indicates that unless a board certified internist goes back to school for advanced education of physical medicine, neurology, or orthopedics, their basic competency in neuromuscular diagnoses is 20 to 33% at best, at best. And that's the guideline that the American Chiropractic Association is following. It doesn't make sense. You see, we look for a mechanical solution. We are the only profession in the world that utilizes a mechanical solution 
for a mechanical problem. That's it. We are looking for mechanical solutions. And yes, we have red flags for non-mechanical issues, okay? For anatomical issues, fracture, tumor, and fracture. And I agree with you, but those red flags are what drives people to the medical specialist for, uh, you know, fracture, tumor, infection, ortho, neuro, neurosurge. And they ignore the, man the, the mechanical issues. And you know what's happened? That's what's led to the opiate issue. So when we have a blueprint that will change either your diagnosis, prognosis, or treatment plan, that is something you need to embrace. How do you know which way the atlas went? How do motion palpation? Come on. You're looking for fixations, okay? How do you know? You don't have x-rays in your fingers, and I, I, can, uh, I can say with a great degree of certainty, we're guessing. The days of guessing are over. X-rays are basic. They have been around as long as our profession has been around. And it's just very important. If you don't know, you don't guess. It's very simple. It's very simple. Uh, Fedoric, Ashwork, Marshall, and Paul reported in 2003 that visual assessment of cervical and lumbar lordosis is unreliable. The tool has only a fair intra and intra-rater uh, intra reliability and poor inter-rater reliability. Visual assessment of spinal uh, posture has previously been shown to be accurate, and this study demonstrates that reliability is poor. Um, however, on the, on the other side, uh, in contrast, reliability of x-ray and morphology measurements and biomechanics has been determined accurate and reproducible according to O'Hara et al. in 2006. It's just, it, it's, it's accurate. It's just, I mean, come on, give me a break. It's just simple, simple, simple. And remember, assessment of distribution of Lotz biomechanics, if left aberrant, will result in the initiation of the piezoelectric effect and Wolf's Law remodeling the spine, which we called subluxation degeneration for years. Now, the opponents say that doesn't exist. It's not in the literature. It's called Wolf's Law. We need to understand biomechanical assessments. Okay? Now, in a recent and timely study by Shear in 2016, they take biomechanical assessment to the spine to an entirely different level. And this concept was originally presented in 2015 in the American Academy of Neurosurgery uh, a Symposium. And they show that several recent studies have demonstrated that regional spinal alignment and pathology affects other regions of the spines. Duh, we've been saying that for over 100 years. If the, if, the, if the lumbar is off, the cervical is off. If the pelvis is off, cervical, thoracic, and lumbar. It's just easy, easy, easy. Shear also continued to say on page 109, furthermore, the cervical spine plays a pivotal role in influencing adjacent and global spinal alignment as compensatory changes to uh, occurring to maintain horizontal gaze. There's a shift from the regional view of the spine, and this is from a neurosurgical symposium where it was presented. This, is, this has been a shift from the regional view of the spine to a more global perspective, and recent work has found concomitant spinal deformities in patients. Patients. Specifically, there is a high prevalence of cervical deformity, loss of cervical dolorosis among adult patients with thoracolumbar spinal deformities. This is just basic stuff. This is just easy, easy, easy. So, you know, and, and what they're saying is, and, and let me just read one more thing from Sharon 2014. Concomitant cervical positive 
sagittal alignment, loss of cervical curve. In adult patients with thoracolumbar deformity is strongly associated with inferior outcomes and failure to reach minimally clinically important differences in a two-year follow-up compared to patients without cervical deformity. So medicine and the neurosurgical groups, they're starting to understand this and they're saying what we chiropractors have been saying for years. Now chiropractors are going the medical route and say, only treat the area of pain. Forget the other areas of the spine. The spine's no longer a whole organ. You compartmentalize and just treat the pain. Don't take x-rays if there's no red flags for fracture tumor infection. None of this makes sense. You know, it, it, it just, none of it's like, like Alice through the looking glass. None of this makes sense. Zero. If in fact you feel that you need to know what's going on in that spine and it's going to change your diagnosis, prognosis, or treatment plan, do so. If you're only going to treat the pain area, you might not be treating the problematic area. You need to find the primary lesion. If you don't know how to do that, give me a jingle. We'll have a conversation for as long as you want. I am very, very passionate on this subject. So here's the issue. When should an x-ray or any type of other imaging be considered? Clinically, for me, if the patient has a limited range of motion in the spinal region um, or upon visual or dual inclinometry testing showing that range of motion, the clinician should ask, why is there biomechanical failure? And if there's pain coupled with that, in the absence of, uh, uh, of diagnostic anatomical or, you know, pathology, fracture tumor infection, or the flags of that, okay? Now the next question is, does that biomechanical failure indicate connective tissue disorders in the ligaments and tendons. Are they, are they, are they, are there primary, secondary, tertiary strain sprains where the ligament can be frayed, partially teared, uh, or ruptured, okay? What is your mechanical rationale behind all of that? Do you understand the nociceptive, mechanoreceptive, proprioceptive, neuropathology cascade? All of these things come in. So this in turn allows the, allows the practitioner to conclude an accurate diagnosis, prognosis, and our treatment plan based upon the pathological biomechanical listings as visualized on the image, okay? It's very simple. And by the way, we did a survey in the field. We've got about, I think we had about 500 um, answers from doctors. You know, we just put it out there. 98.42% responded that it is clear that when considering a biomechanical assessment of the human spine, x-ray analysis outside of a simple uh, anatomical pathology changes how the chiropractor manages and treats their patients. So outside of simple pathology, fracture tumor infection, they're looking for biomechanical failure, and that is the assessment or the consensus of 98.42% of the practitioners in the field, not just a few running an organization. So this makes sense. I would love to chat with you more about it. Um, I could go on and on and on, but I'm going to be redundant from here. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast you just heard, and it's been my pleasure to bring this to you. Please understand that this is a very small piece of the puzzle, and it is my goal to bring you many, many pieces of the puzzle so that the picture can become clearer, your practice can thrive, chiropractic can thrive, and I at least can be a small part of that um, in, in your life, and it's my pleasure. 
So again, if you want to chat, give me a jingle, 631-786-4253. That's 631-786-4253. Or go to our website at teach, T-E-A-C-H, Kairos, C-H-I-R-O-S.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you or chatting with you on our next podcast. Have a great day.